How are you guys doing? Welcome over here. Hey, it's episode 54. We're going to kick this week off with a bunch of randoms. We're gonna, literally going to bounce around in this episode quite a bit. Everything from, just listen, you'll see. Well, I mean, what I mean bouncing, we are bouncing. There's a lot of random stuff going on that kind of started over the weekend. And we're going to start off with uh, this one. School district actually releases all the details of key events that actually led, led up to the Michigan shooting. As most of y'all probably know about this. We talked about it last week and it's been all over the news since it's happened last Tuesday. The day before the shooting. This is, I'm going to go in chronological order in a sense. Um, I read through this and I took the, be- the bits and pieces out I, th- I thought actually mattered for y'all. So the day before the shooting, on Monday, a teacher saw the suspect looking at photos of ammunition on a cell phone during a class, which prompted a meeting with a counselor and other staff members. To me, that's not really a giant deal. Like down here in Texas, like that wouldn't have been a big deal. But I guess it depends on the kid. He could have had prior issues. I, I don't really know, as we're going to find out here in a second. But during that discussion, the student told him that he and his mother had recently gone to a shooting range and that shooting sports are a family hobby. So, out the gate, I don't see anything wrong with that. Personally, kids in classroom looking at ammunition, to me, that's really not a big deal. I mean, down here in Texas, it's really, that's really not uncommon. You know, I mean, let's be honest, it really isn't. I mean, when they, most of these kids go home, I mean, they play video games that literally just shoot each other and they kill each other in video games at all times. So, I mean, a kid looking at ammunition, he may have had a thought, hey, man, what, what kind of ammunition? I, who, who knows? Okay, just, just laying the groundwork for y'all. I don't really see anything crazy there. I also don't know the kid, don't know his past. The morning of the shooting. Then on Tuesday, the day of the shooting, a teacher alerted school counselors and the dean of students to uh, concerning drawings and written statements that the student had created. See, he does not really say anything what the drawings or anything are there. Maybe it's just because there's still stuff going on within the trial. The trial hasn't even started, so I would assume that's probably why they're not releasing all the information. But if you combine the two between the shootings and the drawings, then maybe it might be a little bit cause for concern. He was immediately removed from the classroom and taken to the guidance counselor's office. The student told the counselor that the drawing was part of a video game. He was designing and informed counselors that he planned to pursue video game design as a career. What I just said a second ago, most of these kids go home and play Call of Duty, which literally is just them killing each other in in a video game. So I'm not saying that video games cause kids to do this because I don't believe that. I think bad parenting has a lot to do with what goes on uh, this and, and mental health. It's a pretty big deal. School counselors told the parents that they must seek counseling for their son within 48 hours. Otherwise, the school would contact CPS. I actually like that. But when asked to take their child home for the rest of the day, the student's parents say they flatly refused. Excuse me, they flatly refused. They didn't say that. They just said no. Because leaving their son behind to return to work. All right. So nothing really super crazy there other than the the drawings. I wish I knew what was inside the drawings and the statements. Had to be pretty weird. See, this kid had to have some some weird. Like he had to be one of those 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 people or those, those kids in class that it's kind of like the oddball out. I said this last week. He probably got made fun of a ton, and what causes him to do this kind of stuff? Like, but the drawings and the statements cause cause of concern. Probably, it seems like the school did everything right as of right now. I mean, I don't know what else they could do more. Honestly, they didn't send the kid home by the way that day, uh, mainly because they didn't want him to go home to an empty household. So what it goes on to stay here uh, or state there. Crumbly allegedly had the gun used in the shooting in his backpack during the meeting with the school officials and his parents. So they were going to send him home that same day they'd actually shot up the school. But the reason why they didn't, like I said, is because they didn't want him to go home to an empty household, which everything I see right now or in reading seems to make sense. Like, I don't think the school did anything incorrect here. The alleged shooter started firing a gun during a class uh, during passing time between classes with hundreds of students or in the hallway transitioning from one classroom to another before the shooter was able to walk a short distance to enter the main hallway. Students and staff had already 
entered the classroom, locked the doors, erected makeshift barricades, and locked down or fled according to their training. The suspect was not able to gain access to a single classroom, which is good. So it seems like everything they did was right. The first question I still asked after I read this, what would have happened if they had a, a police officer on duty there? Like just one. Just what would have would, would anything else would he would he have shot the cop first? Would the cop been able to react faster? I don't know. I still ask that same question. James and Jennifer Crumley pleaded not guilty to involuntary manslaughter charges during an arraignment on Saturday morning. The court appearance came after authorities had spent hours searching for them in a manhunt that began when they failed to show up to a scheduled arraignment on Friday. During the parents' arraignment, the prosecutors alleged that they allowed their son free access to the gun used in the shooting, but one parent's attorneys, Shannon Smith, said the gun was actually locked. So these parents are actually going to get charged with what they're... Well, they're going to get charged with manslaughter. I think it was four counts of manslaughter, I believe is what it was. Because they weren't, they didn't secure the pistol that they had bought for their son. Apparently, they bought this kid a pistol for Christmas. I can go both ways with this. Clearly, the kid has... has I don't know. Things had to have been said in the past because there was some stuff that it's kind of it's kind of strange. Just let me just let me let me bounce ahead here real quick. So charging the parents of Michigan shooting sends a powerful message. This is the headline of this. The parents have actually told the kid he needs to let me let me get the exact verbiage so I don't sound like I'm making something up. Here it is. So when the kid actually got caught with looking at the ammunition, there was a text message when he sent it off to his mom, and this is how she replied to him. LOL, I'm not I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. So with her saying that, it kind of make it kind of make it, you can kind of make the the assumption, or maybe I don't know, kind of go down the path of of thought that maybe he has had these conversations with his parents about how much he gets made fun of. And I I don't really know. I, I honestly have no idea. I'm just trying to to go here. I would never say that to my kid. Honestly, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn how not to get caught. Yeah, I'd probably go to the approach that my dad took with me. I got my ass whooped when I got suspended from school. I mean, I got my ass whooped, except for the time that I got, uh, I beat that I kid. No, but seriously, I actually, my dad took me to, um, parenting's probably a bit different now, I guess. My dad took me to lunch after I, uh, got in a fight, beat a kid up for what he had said to my girlfriend. It was extremely inappropriate, like extremely inappropriate. I guess I could say it on the podcast, but he asked, I mean, he asked her, I was in a uh, sixth, seventh, seventh grade, I think eighth grade. No, no, no. I was in uh, I was in ninth grade. I was in ninth grade. This guy, no, I was, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Asked my girlfriend if she, what she did to herself at night or if she was pleasing herself at night or something like that. So I walked up and punched this kid right in the face, right in front of the principal. Didn't even know the principal was standing there. Probably wouldn't, have, probably wouldn't have done that, but hit him right in the face, knocked him out of his shoes and knocked him out. It was the greatest thing ever. I felt like a badass. My dad asked me what I did, picked me up from school, and then took me for lunch. I said, don't do it again. But first question you asked if I if I had gotten my ass beat. It's always good. I don't know. Just parenting's a little different. That kind of situation is a little different than I guess shooting up a school. But boys fight. I do believe that. I mean, boys when you're younger you fight. So honestly, should never say that to a woman. It's kind of a it's just kind of a bad thing to ask. But he goes on to say this, so his dad purchased the weapon, and both parents failed to take the school's warning seriously, even though that they knew that their son had access to a gun. And it was not securely locked away. So this is this is one of those kind of things where I'm actually not against. Mainly because I can tell that this kid had some some sort of mental health issues. And the parents, they didn't take it seriously enough. And they still were buying. Like, 
if he has these kind of drawings and he has these kind of thoughts and the teachers can see it, then the parents for sure see it. I just think the parents didn't pay enough attention to it. There were some other reports talking about how they've left him at home while they went and went to a drinking. I don't know how, how real those are, but always, I think, I think they always need to look into a, a child's past. And if he has any type of, uh, uh, I don't know, domestic disturbance issues at home or any kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know. There's always, there's always something I think that, that makes an individual or a kid like this. I think it could be sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. But they're going to charge James and Jennifer Crumbly in the cases that would serve as a wake-up call to parents and other gun owners that they need to be more responsible when it comes to safeguarding their weapons. Uh, the move to prosecute the parents would serve as a powerful warning that helps reduce the number of school shootings in this country. I do not believe that. I do not believe charging the parents is going to reduce uh, a, 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 the number of school shootings in this country. I don't think that's going to have any effect whatsoever. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't disagree with it, I guess, but I'm, I'm saying I don't think it's going to do a, a damn thing to stop school shootings from happening, by the way. And then it goes on and the rest of this thing talks about how we need to have stricter gun control laws is pretty much it. That what this country really needs is stricter gun control laws. All right. So we're going to, we're going to move on from that. I don't, I, I don't want to say that I condone uh, boys fighting in school, but I just, I just know it's going to happen. If I ever have a son, if he gets in a fight in school, probably going to ask him why he got in a fight. And if it was actual, if it was just like, mm. I, I just know that boys fight. I fought. I had something to do with maybe your testosterone. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I, every, I think every single boy, and I, Charles, have you ever been in a fight in school? Charles would say, I think every single boy's pretty much been in a fight. I've only been in a handful myself. But, I mean, hell, the, my two front teeth are fake. With half of the, they have, I have like veneer or crowns or whatever you say on that. Like they're fake. I got them knocked out in a bar. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember why. I walked outside. My buddy was smoking a cigarette. Went out to go talk to him. And then we got jumped. Don't know why. I was singing karaoke that night. Maybe they didn't like the way I sang. That's when I was in the military. So these, these ones are actually, they've been put on by the military and they're still good to go. So, did you know that, Charles? My two front teeth are not real. Yeah. Got them knocked out in a bar. <laughs> I showed up, matter of fact, I showed up to work that next Monday because I got, I got him knocked out on a Saturday night. I showed up to work and <laughs> my mouth was so swollen right here. I just remember it was like hurt to talk and I walked into formation and they instantly gave me a, uh, a, a essentially a pass to go to the, uh, the dentist. Walked into the dentist and showed him my teeth and I got fixed up right away by the military doctors. Where'd he go? Where'd he go, y'all? Gave me some new, some new fake teeth in the front. I don't know if anybody even knows that story. I remember the first time I ever told him. I've been doing this for like seven years and never even said that before. All right. San Francisco's doing San Francisco things. Woo! Way to go, San Francisco! God, we love you. One of the best cities in America. Hilda and Jesse. It's a restaurant. So everybody's going to know. I guess they're probably people too, but it's a restaurant. Hilda and Jesse initially denied service to three San Francisco Police Department officers on Friday after they were seated at a restaurant. This one is super goofy. And just shows where we're at in America. One of the owners said that the on-duty police officer's presence made staff at the restaurant feel uncomfortable. It's not about the fact that they were that they're anti-police. Okay, so they are anti-police. I'm going to reread that for you guys. It's not about the fact that we are anti-police. All right, thanks for letting us know. It is about the fact that we do not allow weapons in our restaurant. We were uncomfortable and we asked them to leave. It has nothing to do that they were officers. It has everything to do that they were carrying guns. Imagine being this, this, this terrified 
if a piece of metal that is attached to somebody's hip that is not going to go off unless it's literally pointed at you and, and the triggers pull. Like that, imagine being that kind of a person. Like you, the sight of a weapon scares you. It offends you. You're offended by a f***ing hunk of metal. According to Silcox, hmm, who the hell is Silcox? Somebody's last name? Yeah, apparently according to Silcox, the officers are welcomed back. Well, they're, they're welcome to come back and dine at the restaurant, but without their weapons. All right. So you want them to show up where they're going to leave their weapons out in the fucking patrol car? Oh, what, <laughs> these people are goofy as shit. Yelp also has announced that they are temporarily suspending the ability for individuals to make reviews on the Hilda and Jesse's restaurant because of increased public attention. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine the kind of attention you'd get by everybody literally talking about the fact that you kick police officers out of your your restaurant because they were carrying weapons that they were actually issued by the state. Oh, and the city that your restaurant resides in. Oh, to keep you safe. All right. Way to go. Seth. Can we get a round of applause for San Francisco? Way to go. Me. All right. Here we go. Keep on moving on. This is actually kind of a big deal. See, I told you we're going to be bouncing around a little bit inside this one. Oh, Got to check the old game camera. Just one off. Where's that? It's at the top. Oh, shit. it's a bird. <laughs> Got really excited there. It was a damn crow. All right. The Biden administration expects to announce this week that no U.S. government officials will attend the 2022 Beijing Olympics, implementing a diplomatic boycott of the game. Wow. Way to go, Biden. Boycott those Olympics. The move would allow the U.S. to send a message on the world stage to China without preventing U.S. athletes from competing. A full boycott is not expected, <laughs> meaning U.S. athletes will still be allowed to compete. The last time U.S. fully boycotted the Olympics was in 1981. Former President Jimmy Carter was in office. I would assume that's probably for what was going on in, with Russia. But don't you worry. Beijing has warned us that it would take resolute and countermeasures. Excuse me, not resolute and countermeasures. It would take resolute countermeasures. <laughs> against the Biden administration if the diplomatic boycott went ahead. Oh my gosh, there! this is crazy. Crazy stuff going on in this world. You know what? Go ahead and mess with Taiwan, but we're going we're gonna to not show up to your Olympics. Like Beijing gives a f***. Let's be honest. Do they, do they really care if U.S. isn't there? They got so many other things that they're worried about. Genocide and shoving people in concentration camps. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Hey, that is, by the way, don't you, don't, don't you at YouTube, you could try to fact check me, but it's real. Look at the Uyghurs. Do it. No different than a concentration camp. What do they call them? They call them re-education camps. Come on now. You cannot fact check me on that shit. I got it under control up here between the ears. Keep it on. Keep it on with old China here, though. So China's actually seeing its first. They're eyeing the first military base actually outside of in the Atlantic Ocean. I was going to say the Pacific, but that wouldn't make any sense because it's not the right part of the world. All right, U.S. officials are citing classified American intelligence reports that Beijing could be eyeing Equatorial Guinea's port in the city of Bata for a base. I know that probably made no sense to anybody, including myself, but I just read it, read it verbatim, so I'm going to tell you guys, it already comes with deep water port that has been upgraded by China Road and Bridge Co. from 29, or 2009 to 2014, so they've already been working on this thing for five years. The report said the U.S. intelligence first learned of the possibility of the base in 2019, so way, go, way to go there, U.S. intelligence. They've been working on it for, 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 12, for 12 years, and we're now just picking it up. Good job. All right. If you guys don't know where this is, it's, uh, how do I want to put this? Outside of Guinea. So it's in, uh, outside of Africa. President Biden has said 
it is his top priority of the administration not to let China surpass the U.S. during his presidency. He's doing a really, really good job of that. Way to go. I'm going to say right now, General Stephen Townsend, the commander of the U.S. Africa Command, said in April that the most significant threat right now is from Beijing would be a naval base on Africa's Atlantic coast. Now, he said that back in April, huh? It's now f***ing December and we're just now talking about it. Possibility the base is setting off alarm bells at the White House and the Pentagon. Also here in Texas in my back room. Alarm bells have been f***ing ringing quite a bit when it comes to China. And I feel like I'm like the only one that's talking about it. Except for Trump when he comes out and says, China. China's doing this. Hits him with a knife hand, you know. <sighs> so if anybody was wondering exactly where it's at, I know it's kind of sometimes it's hard to hard to know where some of these countries are. Just anywhere in the world. It's uh, just South Atlantic Ocean. It is on the the little round part, I guess you would say, the more roundish part of Africa before it starts heading south. So there you go. Just so everybody is well aware of exactly where it's at. That's a pretty pretty good little location to give themselves a little bit of a hub. Damn. If China got a hub there, oh my God. That would give them pretty good little area to get to the eastern coast of our country. Free willy-nilly, too. All right. Well, we're going to move on. I mean, I have I have nothing I can do about that. Maybe, maybe somebody will do something about it, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Biden. Well, here we go. Omicron. Omicron, Omicron has not killed a single person, apparently. But it's been, variant has been detected in 38 countries, but no deaths have yet to been reported. That's from the WHO. The WHO has said that. Amid warnings that it could damage the global economy and its recovery. Oh, really? The United States and Australia became the latest countries to confirm locally transmitted cases of the variant. It's now pushed South Africa's total cases past 3 million. Who has warned that it could take weeks to determine how infectious the variant is, whether it causes several severe illness, and how effective treatments and vaccines are against it? So this one I'm actually reading is from Friday, and I'm going to read another one here in a second. Or pull stuff from another one that's from Sunday, which was yesterday. The new variant spread has led to warnings that it could cause more than half of Europe's COVID cases in the next few months. In the U.S., six more states confirmed the infections or the infections of the Omicron variant on Friday. Two cases involve residents with no recent international travel history showing it is already circulating inside the country. So it makes you wonder. How many of these things, how long has this thing actually already been here? And did they just start talking about it and actually testing for it once they, they found it in South, Af- South, South Africa? Because you got two people that have not traveled a lick and they have it. On Friday, Australia reported that three students in Sydney had tested positive for the variant despite a ban. This one's kind of crazy. A ban on na- uh, non-citizens entering the country and restrictions on flights from Southern Africa. So you're telling me that people in Australia, there's three students in Sydney who have actually tested positive for this variant, and they have an entire, they literally have locked down the entire country. So what is this thing doing? How, how is it even getting there? And do you really think that lockdowns are going to stop? I mean, Australia is completely sealed off, and it's still getting in. Hey, just, just asking a question for everybody at home. What is going on? Anyway, Germany's regional leaders agreed new measures, including a ban on fireworks at new New Year parties to discourage large gatherings. What in the actual f*** is that going to do? Banning fireworks. What the f*** are these people doing? This is how you take power. When you get a little bit of power, and you're like, you know what? F*** your fireworks. I'm taking those things away. Why? Because we don't want you to gather. All right. Uh, what the f*** does fireworks have to do with me gathering? How is that going to stop people from gathering? Ireland said it would close nightclubs and reintroduce social distancing in some settings over Christmas and New Year. Wow. Hey, but don't worry. In Brazil, 
A Supreme Court justice has ordered that the president, yes, you heard me say that right, the president, will be investigated for comments linking COVID-19 vaccines to AIDS, accusing that the pandemic, uh, excuse me, that the, the vaccine causes AIDS. He's unvaccinated and frequently pushed against vaccine mandates, argued he was merely quoting an article in the magazine and not making assertions. It's really strange. Well, I don't really know what to say about that. What is he trying to say, that, that they're shoving AIDS in everybody? That's weird. That's misinformation right there. If you guys were ever going to try to ding somebody, there you go. That's misinformation. That's really weird. Preliminary data about the severity of the new variant is a bit encouraging. This is from Mr. Fauci. He said this last night. Following early figures from South Africa that suggest it may not be as big or as bad as they initially feared. Oh, really? Fauci cautioned that more data was needed, of course. Why wouldn't he? To draw a complete picture of its risk profile. Although it's too early to make any definitive statements about it, thus far it does not look like there's a great degree of severity to it. But we've really got to be careful before we make any determinations that it is less severe or really doesn't cause any severe illness comparable to Delta. But thus far, signals are a bit encouraging regarding the severity. So I'm saying all this. I know I just read that in a very strange way. But there's Mr. Fauci saying that it's not nearly going to be as bad as what he thought it was going to be. I'm just going to say the whole fear-mongering thing they did about for the last 10 days really killed a lot of people's portfolios in the stock market. And at least 15 U.S. states now have detected the variant as of Sunday. So that's additional nine from Friday. And that's why I read that previous article. So I can remind myself to tell you guys that it was probably here before we knew. The main observation in the report was that majority of patients were not oxygen dependent, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. As was common in previous waves, as we do know, that was the patients of COVID's wards were incidental COVID emissions having in another, a medical or surgical region for admission to the hospital. Hey, that's good. You're not having breathing problems with this new variant. Great. These findings follow anecdotal reports from doctors in South Africa that, they, that the new variant could cause milder symptoms. A South African doctor who first spotted the virus said that she had seen extremely mild symptoms among her own patients, but there has been no official data to back up those observations. I don't know why it really matters. She's a doctor in South Africa that literally warned the world of a new variant, but apparently we have to have data to back up her own observations. That's a little strange. But there you go. Talking about the new variant, and I don't, I don't know. Is it actually going to be as deadly as what they've been warning? If you guys think about it, once they announce it, I don't know if you guys, a lot of you guys probably, probably do. I don't know. A lot of you guys probably do invest. It absolutely dumped the market. And when I mean dumped, I lost almost fifty percent of all the gains that I've had since I've been in the market as the last like two. Like literally, it dumped everything. It could be a healthy pullback, I guess. I don't know. Maybe this comes out and it says. Yeah, it literally does nothing. It gives you sore muscles, and then the market just skyrockets again. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't really enjoy this time of inflation and everything else going crazy, causing the price of everything just be skyrocketed. It kind of sucks. But this last one's kind of a juicy one. We're going to end it on a good one, I'll tell you what. This is actually here in Texas. This is like an hour from my house. Hours have changed. This was published one hour ago, by the way. So a member of the Fort Worth, Texas school board. Yes. All right. Start it off. This is what the school board is. Racial Equity Committee. All right, keep that in mind. Has defended her actions, releasing the personal information of parents online and leaving a profanity-laced voicemail attacking a mother who sued the school district over a COVID-19 mask mandate, which is kind of funny. I actually said to my ex, Sarah, I did tell her, I said, I will gladly hop on board with any parents if they force our child to have to wear a mask. You know, hop on if they're going to do a lawsuit. I actually said that she thought it was really goofy, 
but I was really adamant because this kind of situation, I don't, I mean, you look at the numbers, kids, we, we did the numbers on this, this channel. We've done it multiple times. They're not the ones who were at the greatest risk for anything. And I think that actually putting a mask on them and muzzling them all day actually has a, a, a mental effect on them. And I, I believe it actually makes them scared of things, to be honest with you. Because you're, you're making, you're pushing this kid and like forcing them to wear a mask all day at school. I know some people may not believe it, but I, I, if, I, if I were to, if you think about it, you're having, you're, you're putting a mask on their face. And, and in a kid's mind, the reason why they're having to put on a mask on their face is because they need to be fearful of, of a virus. And if they're fearful of something they cannot see, then they're going to be scared of literally everything. And I don't want to go over the numbers, but I think we all know that it's like a, what was it, a point, I think it was a point zero zero one chance. Between COVID-19 from January to September of 2021, there have been 280 children killed. There was more kids that died from flu, pneumonia, heart disease, drowning farms, and motor vehicles. Each one of those categories had motor vehicle accidents, had four times farms, had three times drownings, had two times, and heart disease was also two times higher. So yes, you had your kid had a higher... It's Oh, excuse me, is that 0.001? It's 0.01. Huge difference, 0.01. But in my mind, I didn't want my kid, my children, my child... I only have one. I didn't want her to go to school and have to, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think it's good for a mental, like the mental state of a child to wear a mask all day and be fearful of something they cannot see. I just, I just, I don't know. I could be wrong though. I'm not a scientist, but if you're going to follow the stats and everything else and you're going to follow science, 0.01% is what we've been dealing with as of right now. Anyway, she goes to say this, that some people consider my actions doxing. I 100% consider them doxing. Yes. Norma Garcia Lopez. That is her name. Norma Garcia Lopez, that is 1 million percent doxing. It's not doxing, she says, when you expose someone who filed a public motion in a public court of law that impacts public school children. No. It's astounding. This is, this is goofy, by the way. And I just want to throw it out there. It affects these parents, probably like me, I guess. They probably have the same kind of thing where they don't think that their kid needs to be muzzled during school. And they're the ones that are paying the taxes for the school to be doing their thing. So they should have a, they should have a voice and a say, as we do know what's happened within the country when you kind of muzzle parents. They, well, something's kind of, I'm sorry, well, bad shit starts to happen. This, this lady goes on to say this. Her name is Norma Garcia Lopez. She goes on to state that it's astounding that white privileged power from Tanglewoods has versus a whole diverse community that cares for the well-being of others. She also wrote that there, she goes on to write this. These are the names. So this is from Miss Garcia Lopez. She wrote that it's astounding that white privileged power from Tanglewood has versus a whole diverse community that cares for the well-being of others. These are their names. Jennifer Traeger, she goes on to name, name them, all the people. And then a coward, Jane Doe, internet, do your thing. Okay? This is one of those kind of situations. Remember that one person on Twitter that really, what they say, reap what you sow or whatever about the, about the Waukesha, the, the Christmas? Uh, parade massacre. She literally said that it was because of what happened in Kenosha that you have to reap, reap what happened and the blood is in their hands. And, and she pretty much got canceled completely. I don't even think she has a Twitter anymore, but this is the kind of thing, same thing. Internet, do your thing. How would you say that? Now you put it out there publicly. And now this is, so Garcia Lopez wanted to share their phone numbers, addresses, along with their employer's phone numbers, addresses, her work email addresses, all that is sensitive and personal information. When a local activist thanked her for sharing this information, Garcia Lopez wrote, they definitely need to be called out. So what happens now? This is now she's about to reap. Well, she's about to get the blunt end of it because it's not even this. This podcast and what you guys listen to is a very small piece of anything when it comes to like talking about this kind of stuff. 
this was blasted all over Fox News. So she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna figure out what it feels like to actually be called out when you put people's personal information out there, telling the internet to do their thing. Garcia Lopez is also acknowledged calling this this is this is the thing that actually made me really want to talk about this, by the way. So she called one of the parents who sued the district and and she left a this is the voicemail she left, by the way, leaving a prof- profanity laced voicemail. So this parent says every legal right to sue the district. Okay. I mean, they, anybody could be sued for anything, literally. You could sue anybody for anything in this world. This lady, Garcia Lopez, called and left this voicemail. Fuck you, you stupid bitch. Fuck you with your white privilege, not caring about well-being of others. Fuck you. That is directly out of Garcia Lopez's mouth when she said that she left it in the voicemail. She said that my message contained harsh language, no threats. Garcia Lopez said in her statements that some people find my choice words that this message offensive, but what's really offensive is that, our, is that four white parents... Could hold so much power. Now, you know what's crazy, Garcia Lopez? Is that you being on the Texas School Board's Racial Equity Committee, you're, on, you're, you're literally on the Racial Equity Committee and you're f-ing talking with that kind of language towards quote, white parents. This is what we talked about last week. I literally talked about this. You don't have to be white to be racist. You can be Hispanic lady and be racist towards white people. This is one of those kind of things right there. You can be black person and be racist towards white people. You can be white racist towards black people. Racism goes just one f- away when it comes to being a racist. This kind of shit right here, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about last week when an individual of a different race can be racist towards white people. This is exact, this is one of them right there. You don't, you can't imagine if a white person said this shit right here. Imagine just flip it around. Imagine if she said, but what's really offensive is that four brown people could hold so much power. You know how much a white, like if this was a white lady saying that, or even worse, even worse. Imagine if she said, but what's really offensive is that four black parents have so much power. Oh my God. The school would legitimately no be on fire. The entire city of Fort Worth would have BLM riots, people throwing trash cans through windows. That's, that's This isn't a joke. This is me being honest. Is it? Is it not true? If you flip the roles around, just change the races of the people around just a little bit, and you will have literal demonstrations that would be coming on in Fort Worth right now. <sighs> so in the community meeting on Thursday, Garcia Lopez characterized her support for mass mandates as a vital aspect for advocating for children. When we're advocating for their health and safety, for mass mandates, for vaccine and everything, for all equity in the classrooms. That's because we care, not because we don't. Okay, so I can go on to say the same thing. These parents care about you not muzzling their children, so that's why they, dis- they wanted the school, or excuse me, sue the school district. It's because they're advocating for their own children. Like, this is, this is, this is what it gets goofy. She said that they sent a lynch mob to attack me. They want to silence me from advocating for equity by pressuring me into resigning as co-chair of the racial equity community. No, they want you to resign because you're, 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 you're literally, literally saying racist things about another race while you're a co-chair of the racist or excuse me, the racial equity committee. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That's like putting a KKK member in, in charge of the racial equity community. You really think they're going to be biased? Or non-biased, excuse me, towards things? No. You had this other person who, who was on the, the blunt end of it. She had received 17 voicemails at work from one person. She noted that some of the parents' businesses have gotten negative reviews online from critics who don't even try to pretend what they're, that, they're, that they were even clients. She had one previous client who said that she hoped that she died. But this is good. This guy named Carlos Tur... I'm going to jack up this last name, by the way. Carlos Tercios? Tercios? 
He's a former member of that same committee, condemned the school for district for failing to take action against Garcia Lopez. It is unacceptable that the ISD is not holding the co-chair accountable for her actions. She docks parents and financially impacted one of the parents' businesses, which is facts. What type of leadership and community in the Fort Worth School District showing to its students that bullying and intimidation are okay? And that is finally voicemail and harassing parents if they disagree with you. There you go. But I've also said this. I've always said this. If you if you have an argument for the left, they're going to scream from the rooftops that you are racist. That's pretty much one of the biggest things they always do. Or they just scream in general when they don't agree with you. And this is one of those kind of things. You don't call another person and just leave a voicemail like that because you don't agree with what they think. Probably should give them a call and be like, hey, you know what? I don't really agree with what you said. It's probably a better way to go about it, but they don't think like that. They think with their emotions, not with their head. They have these things between their eyes, or excuse me, between their ears. Not much between their eyes, I guess. They must have a small brain if it's between their eyes, but I don't know. Especially if you're a grown adult. You're going to call another grown adult to leave a voicemail like that? Ugh. Especially when you're in charge of the board equity of racial committee. I mean, I, I don't know. Racial, racial equity committee, excuse me. So I'll end it on this note. The reason why I think a lot of parents get so irritated when it comes to this kind of like mass mandates and stuff inside schools is for what I just said a second ago and what I've reiterated multiple times. It's my child, okay? My child. If I don't want her to wear a mask, then she shouldn't be wearing a mask. If she goes to a public school, we're paying those taxpayer dollars that literally keep that school going. I think it's overreach and overstepping their boundaries when a committee like this, like especially this one right here, which is so crazy to me that it's a racial equity community. I, I have a hard time b- believing that they don't see it as not being racist. It just blows my mind. How could you be on the, your board is literally called the racial equity community, white privilege. I know, like you shouldn't be, if you're on that, that kind of a committee for a public school, you shouldn't be talking about white privilege within your school over people being sued for a mass mandate that has nothing to do with the color of your skin. The COVID, no one, like another thing, no one really understands COVID. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we're like two years into this thing and they can say that they understand COVID to a certain extent, which I guess they do. The scientists understand it enough to where they have a vaccine for it, which is great. But the transmission of it, you need, no one, if, if they understood the transmission rate of it and they understood how it actually got around the world, they think they would have stopped it by now. We're talking about Australia, complete lockdown, has four cases in the country. How is that possible? If they understood how it transmitted, it it transmits it transmits itself throughout the United States and the world. You think they would have figured that out by now? I don't I don't know. Anyway, I'm done. I'm off of here. I'm gonna go do some other stuff. I got a bunch of gotta get done today. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging on me over here on Speak the Truth. I will talk to you guys. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.